Welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast about scenic automation and other cool tech. I'm Christian Bassey. I'm Harry Beauregard. And I'm Mike Wade. Nice. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Harry. It's been a couple weeks since we've uh, heard from you, too. Thanks, thanks. You've been busy doing some stuff. I think one of the big ones being, uh, re- or not redesigning, but iterating on the uh, on the four-post lift that we did for Steppenwolf that we talked about and we did a video about, but then you've been iterating on that. And we just built the new iteration. Yeah, yeah. Um, after the after the Seven Wolf lift, we had a good list of notes and ideas for how we could uh, do it better the next time around. And uh, we had an opportunity, thankfully, pretty soon after, so it's still fresh in our minds, um, about, you know, just, just ways to get smoother motion, higher speed, um, yeah, more reliable motion, things like that. Um, so we did some testing and then we did some some more testing and uh then a little more testing and a little more testing more for good testing. measure just, just to feel good about it uh yeah and i think we're pretty pretty pleased with the results um you got the the lift set up this, this one's going to the alley theater uh down in houston um and it's in the shop right now and it's been pretty badass um moving two that two tons at 20 inches per second and you know not not even sweating a, a little bit um, so I think, you know, some of the bigger things that we changed for this time around is, uh, as you might have may recall from our previous conversations in the video, we had, uh, we ultimately upsized the chain pulleys up to eight inches and we went even bigger this time, went up to 12 inch pulleys. Um, we stiffened the frame a bunch by just going to stiffer, bigger members, um, doing some four inch channel for diagonal bracing, tying the framing members together. Um, we got it back to motor up configuration because in general we find, and in testing, we found better motion when the hoist is suspended from its suspension hook and then the chain's exiting from the bottom of that. So that means we reintroduced two pulleys back into the system. So it kind of goes down out of the hoist to a floor block and then hits a head block and goes to the platform. Um, and then you also kind of alluded to it there when you said it, but we did a bunch of testing to figure out a, what size, to make those pulleys and also uh, how to attach the motor, right? Because this one's a little different than yeah, what we yeah. did last time. Yeah, I mean, we, we ended up definitely punting a little bit as we were trying to just get better motion out of the, the first lift. And then Christian uh, helped me a ton with uh, the, uh, some testing. We, we kind of mocked up to different versions of... Uh, bigger chain pulleys, uh, sort of the first time we had machined them out of what we had on hand um, and trying to make it a little bit more manufacturable. We were going to like this hub that we bolt on these water jet plates that sort of creates a channel that the the chain rides in. Um, and so we tried different diameters of pulleys, a 12 inch one and a monstrous 18 inch pulley as well, <laughs> um, which has other challenges just because I don't think that was big to- enough. I think it's just. <laughs> I don't think it, we could go bigger. It I mean, like it was impressive what, trying to watch Harry uh, attach the 18-inch pulley to the uh, beam here to be able to do the load testing. It was uh... <laughs> yeah, trying to yeah. trying to get a shaft through two bearings, pinning it in the air. That yeah, I could have designed that one better for for testing, <laughs> but I didn't kill anyone or myself, so that's all that matters. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so we, we. Uh, anyways, Christian ended up getting. Uh, I was, I was asking, hey, could you help me figure out how we determine what's good, quote unquote, good motion? We were just having difficulty quantifying, like when we were doing 
the original testing on the Steppenwolf lift. It's just like, how do you quantify what is actually better? Yeah, there's like the visual of, oh, that looks shaky. Or sometimes you'd be like, yeah, that looks fine. And then you touch it, you know, touch the platform. And you're like, that is vibrating like crazy. Right. And then two different people will look at it and come up with a different answer or you'll stand in a different spot and it'll look completely different. <laughs> there was a lot um, of, yeah. That's standing. column A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Bo uh, named them on this one and he did it wrong initially. He did not, uh, he did not go in a counter or in a uh, clockwise uh, naming direction when uh, he was naming them. It was a star pattern. It was a it was a zigzag. Oh no, zigzag. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who hurt you, Bo? (laughs) That was a tangent, Uh, (laughs) but a good one. uh, But yeah, no. So we uh, got a three-axis accelerometer, so and then we taped it to the weight stack, literally with tape. Yeah. uh, When we're doing the testing, to be able to get some graphs that we could compare like oh this one was better yeah. this one was worse yeah and we did different configurations of like two pulleys one pulley which would like simulate the motor up motor down thing and we were all testing that on the main beam and moving weight stack up and down um yeah we, we really tried like at first i kind of had a pretty modest you know like oh we'll see and it'll be pretty obvious which one was better and, and then doing it we're like it's really hard to tell just by looking at it or even touching it. And then we got the accelerator and you're like, Oh, now I can really see yeah. the difference based on like this vibration because it's just like the, the peaks and valleys of the spikes of the accelerometer. Right. And I think, cause originally too, it was like, you were like, had, I don't know, four different configurations you wanted to test. And then by the end of it, we had done like three or four times as many, yeah. like every kind of permutation <laughs> we could think of, of, Motor up two pulleys, motor up one pulley, motor down two pulleys, rigid connection, soft connection. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think just, just starting down the path of trying of prototyping, we were like came up with these different ideas. And I think ultimately what were where we landed at with the version two of the lift was something I wouldn't have thought to do unless we had yeah. done that testing. So I think it was really good. It was really helpful. Iterative design, man. It's gonna be big. Um <laughs> So yeah, so so we what we did learn was one of the the best configure definitely motor up was good, uh, also soft mounting the hoist. So like rather than like pin, what we had done the first time, we had like a clevis pin that went through the hook and that attached to the lift structure, but that hard on hard connection was like giving us no dampening from the one chain wheel, the lift wheel in the hoist, which is probably the single greatest source of the vibration in the machine. Um, so by going to like a GAC flex sling, uh, that really helped eliminate a lot of the the vibration that's getting transferred through the structure. Um, doesn't necessarily change like the, that. You're still going to have that vibration like going through the chain itself, but at least you're not like also just shaking the heck out of the, the whole right. lift. You limit it down to just the one. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and then we we definitely like the the cradle from the first lift that we ended up with, um, but just trying to get that a little more simplified. So we now have <laughs> a sling that the hoist is hanging on and a uh, trailer jack with some uh, plastic eight milled HDP arms that go down and gently caress the hoist body <laughs> to prevent it from violently shaking side to side. Um, and that seemed to work pretty good. Um, yeah. And then also as a result of all of that, it's quieter now too, even. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really telling when we, we got some, I mean, you can notice it just 
listening to it run now is it just sounds right. like chain hoist running right which is yeah that's no the, extra noise the noise floor we wanted to get under right um so that's so that's pretty good um yeah and i think we, we you know we were moving the two tons at 20 inches a second um I think I think for you know for more elegant moves like fourteen inches is still like a good target. Um, like just in terms of like there is that inherent vibration in the lift wheel that you're never gonna get rid of. No, yeah. when you're when you're screaming at a hundred feet per per minute, that's that's just fast. Uh huh. Um, but it's that's pretty pretty awesome. Um, and then there was some other stuff that just helped in terms of like quality of life. Like the guides the last time were were like these Delrin shoes that were just we had to keep some installation clearance so that you weren't like you know, over tensioning and binding up mm. on the, <laughs> but now we've gone to like these neoprene rollers on each corner, which are spring loaded. So it really deadens the platform in terms of like when you got two tons and you try to shake that thing, it's back and forth, give it your hardest, like it'll give a little bit, but it'll die down really quickly. And I think just through motion, it's just so much smoother because it's got that dampening action going on now. So, so yeah, pretty, pretty stoked with that. And uh, the best part of the new design, we got a bucket. And now we have a bucket. <laughs> we've 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 tried so many versions of cable chains uh, on lifts, and we were just you know what, what works really well. We found working on some uh, permanently installed lifts is a bucket with a neatly coiled cable wrap underneath. Uh, so we're, we got that going for us now. Um, I'm excited. I can't wait to see the new bucket. <laughs> you're, you're gonna love this bucket. It's it's rubber. It's it's so squishy and impact resistant. <laughs> <laughs> perfect besides doing the lift you've also uh been working on more other new products too so i we've talked about it before a little bit that uh we're redesigning the spot line and along with it some of its accessories and uh cody's been doing that but then uh one of our thing wants wants to have wanted to have wants to have one of those desires desires there we go uh was to be able to make it zero fleet with like an add-on like the tensioner is and uh i think you were helping out in that area as well yeah totally um took a crack at the zero fleet sled as we've been calling it um which is yeah like you said it's it's an accessory that you know you sort of bolt your spot line to the sled um in this case, I think we're, we're landing, we're going to make a chain stage down from like the drive shaft to a Acme rod stage. Um, and you're off to the races. You got zero fleet action. So the pitch of the, you know, the Acme rod just matches the pitch of the drum. So as you're spooling cable on or off the drum, it just matches that motion. And so you don't get any fleet displacement. Um, pretty simple concept in theory. And then I think, you know, with our new emphasis on sort of kind of simplifying our machinery product products and mm-hmm. also just like making them more cost effective. So, you know, people can fit in their, but in their show budgets or, you know, whatever they got. Um, uh, hopefully I think we're targeting five K or yeah, less or right? hopefully less. I, I think I feel pretty confident we'll be able to, do, to offer it for a lower than five K sale price. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and I think it's, you know, it kind of goes in the, to, to use the high flute and where some of the design language we've been <laughs> leaning towards recently with, doing more formed uh, steel parts, which, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it does make things a little bit heavier, but it does make them also very stout uh, and very cost-effective. Um, so, again, like, you know, just uh, speed of getting it to the to the people who need it the most. I think that's pretty pretty great. And also just doing exactly what it needs and uh, doing it effectively and reliably and less breaky parts. Uh, I'm sure 
Mike will have more to say about acne rods and breaking parts shortly. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, in the, through this process, uh, you know, with the, the Holy Trinity, which we've been talking about, you know, uh, homogenizing our parts across across our uh, machinery line, there, there's there's been many, many an internal struggle over which part will be the one part to rule them all. And this has brought to light the bearing question, mm. which, which bearing will it be? And we were, we were for a little while going back and forth on various like press in bearings. Um, I think now we're probably going to be at a bolt on flange block of some sort. Um, because which that's also the current style on the spot line, right? Uh, yeah, on the, on the, on the, uh, brake side, there's, mm. there's one of those, the, the motor is the, the bearing on the far side, but, uh, yeah, we'll definitely need some bearings. Uh, that'll be important for our new machinery. Um, but I, but I think that's good from, you know, it's going to be great for repairability, ease of getting them, and hopefully a value that's, that we can pass along to you, the customer. So there's, there's that. So, uh, still a little bit of work on the, on the flat, zero fleet sled, but, uh, I'm pretty, pretty, we're pretty stoked about where it's going. And I think it's going to be a, a nice little, uh, tool to have in our arsenal. Well, and then as uh, Harry was uh, alluding to uh, a little <sighs> bit, that foreshadowing. The, uh, <laughs> speaking uh, of acne rods, Mike, right? Speaking of acne rods. It's been yes. a summer of them. And it's, I mean, it's really the fall right now, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been, yeah, in, I think just in the last month, we've had two of our push stick minis get, uh, get busted. Um, the and it was like a simple, simple, simply busted too, right? Where it was like a limit switch got crushed or something. No, not even a crushed. The limit switch just got moved out of the way and then jammed the, jammed the one of the fair leads into the frame of the machine. Um, and that in turn, those servos are pretty strong. Um, yeah. And um, one of the push stick minis, it, it bent the acme rod into like an s shape <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty impressive it is it was quite. like holy shit how did nothing else break on that and like you know or how did we not skip the belt oh it that's just, yeah <laughs> it just kept pulling and then just just yesterday or yeah just yesterday the day before we had somebody else say um they had you know relocated one of the limits and weren't looking at the machine when they were driving it around and drove the fair lead into the, into the machine frame and sheared the acne rod, I think at the coupler. Mm. Um, it's they either, it, it was either the acme rod that got sheared or the roll pin. We'll find out in a couple of weeks when we get it back. But <laughs> um, And are these, these are, these are all older push stick minis or are these, these, these were both push stick minis that we hadn't installed. Uh, we hadn't updated with the ultimate limits mm. as the, yeah. as the don't destroy me. Um, safety measure, safety measure. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to uh -huh. want those. Yeah. Why, why would you want those? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think the, yeah, I, I've broken at least two of them in my life that way. So, um, Time is of the essence, but, uh, but it is important. Those little machines don't be deceived. They are, they are extraordinarily strong. 
um, and they can pull quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, if this isn't proof of that, I don't know what is. Yeah, exactly. I'll see if I can, I'll, maybe I'll see if I can grab a picture of that Acme rod and put it someplace we can that we can, yeah. we can check it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we, we got the S-Bent one. It's, yeah. it's pretty impressive. Good for curved tracks. <laughs> it's the best way. I mean, not a curve. It's a whole S track. You know, so you're going to go yeah. left, right, left, right, left, right. Um, if you have to avoid an obstruction, it'll just get you right out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of crazy. Um, and and then I think we talked about it last time on the last episode. But we were chasing down some. Was chasing down some parameter, some parameter problems with somebody here in the city and that just we continued to chase down parameter problems um with trying to get a couple chain motors functioning Mm -hmm. and a spot line um and we ran i think i think we ran into this before too but we have you know the old chain master our chain master hoists um chain our chain hoist, they are two pole motors. <laughs> and that's weird. <laughs> that's not normal, right? Yeah. And because the, the number of poles in the motor dictates basically the the motor speed, right? It's it's RPM. Yeah. And um and if and most motors, most induction motors are four pole motors. And so the the rated speed of the motor is like 1700 RPM. 1750 something in there um mm-hmm. and those two pole motors are like 3500 rpm mm. um and you know and if it's got the wrong number of motor poles you know if the if the motor poles are mismatched based on the parameters then the vfd isn't isn't really sending the power to the right place at the right time and you know depending on which way you're trying to go <laughs> <laughs> and if you're holding something in the air, um, yeah. there's, you know, uh, almost no torque. Some would say none, actually. It, um, it returns to its maintenance position. It returns to its maintenance position. And everybody knows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, fortunately, fortunately, nothing, nothing terrible, like there were no, nothing bad happened here other than mm-hmm. some concern and, frustration about what was happening and why things were going, you know, why things weren't working. Um, right. And, you know, and so it was a little, uh, it was a little, it was a little hectic and, you know, troubleshooting is always a challenge and there's always that moment where like things just go, aren't going right. And if you can't, mm-hmm. you can't figure out what's happening and sometimes it's too difficult to, I mean, I, I find it, myself this way like sometimes it's too difficult to get your head out of the out of you know whatever tiny little narrow view you have of what the problem is and what's in your head of what the problem is and so you know occasionally most of the time a second set of eyes can be helpful in the troubleshooting yeah Um, just to get you back from that uh hyper focused on uh a specific yeah. aspect of the problem. Yeah. And well, it must be this. I mean, like, well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it is, or it's this parameter that's not correct. And, <laughs> right. You know, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think I went in, I went in one day, I don't know, I guess I went in a couple of days. I went in one day to, you know, try and help get it 
squared away and it was, you know, the, the folks on the crew were clearly at the end of their ropes of like what mm -hmm. is happening. And it was like, well, you know, we looked at like, I <laughs> looked at the parameters first. It was like, well, these are, this is a mismatch. So this is like, this is a mashup of like three different machine parameters all in one. Mm. Like, so let's start over and, and let's see if that fixes it. Cause it, maybe it isn't, you know, maybe there's other things, but. Right. Um, well, and that's not the other thing too, is there's just also a lot of parameters. And there are a to, lot of parameters. Uh, yeah. There's more than, it's something like 62 or 63 that we care about. Yeah. On the pros. Right. And yeah. Um, yeah. And there's like, yeah, 60 something that we care about, but there's like 1800. Oh yeah. 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 Total. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you set one of those accidentally incorrectly, yeah. you know, that we don't double check and then it still doesn't work because right. there's still a parameter that's wrong in there. And you're never going to find it because you're never looking for that parameter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know. i I don't know what you're talking about, Christian. I've never done that myself. <laughs> or to choose your own adventure parameters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this one affects that one. Let's oh, yeah. There's also a bunch does. of those, too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's very funny how, like, tangled they can get and how quickly they can get ta that tangled, right? You know, yeah. it's like, Jesus. Um, and then... Let's see. I think uh, also also in the same thing, we had a spot line. They had a spot line in there that was doing some work, doing some hoisting, and we were having some performance troubles with it. Like it just wasn't, mm -hmm. it was working, but not working great. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up, we ended up doing some like kind of bonkers drive level tuning on there too. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I started like increasing the P gain in P, increasing the P gain on the at the drive level, not wow. in spike mark. I mean, I did that too. Um, but uh -huh. but increasing the the P gain at the drive level, and we got the we got the performance to be significantly better. Um, for this like specific hoisting, you know, scenario. And in this in this case, these are these are pulling line sets that are two to one the hard way. Mm, so we're mm. like, you know, so it's doubled. We're we're lifting. We're trying to haul twice the load. And so, you know, I think in all of these, with all of these things, we were kind of like probably right at the edge of what the machines could pull, just mm -hmm. thanks to the two to one in the wrong direction. You know. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think, I think we ended up also putting some counterweight on the floating block so that we kind of helped mechanically as well as electrically. But it mm. was, it was quite a, it was, it was quite an adventure to get to the end. <laughs> and I hadn't heard anything from them for like a week. And uh -huh. I was like, and I, and I totally, like, I gently kicked the hornet's nest about it <laughs> like yesterday or the day before. I was like, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> right, because typically no news is good news, or that's what I, we like to think at least. Yeah, I mean, it's either good news or it's so bad that nobody wants to right. call anymore. Um, right. They've cut it. And yeah, right. It's like, well, it all got cut. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but as uh, as it all as it turns out, th all of the automation was you know 
doing doing all the things it was supposed to be doing and everybody was very pleased so that was great that's great sweet yeah it's kind of a it's nice to it's nice to hear those words sometimes (laughs) (laughs) especially after it's been particularly difficult right yeah yeah a particularly finicky path right um yeah yeah, and well, I also speaking of finicky paths, right? The yes, uh, finicky paths, nice transition. Four revolvers. <laughs> yeah, there's some. We were working with somebody in uh, a couple a couple weeks ago. Had a like a 45 foot diameter turntable, mm. and we had two revolvers on it, which we've done before, um, pretty right. successfully. And and by pretty successfully, I mean there's like we've I don't know we just had the show is closing up in Boston that has a 40 foot diameter turntable with two revolvers running it mm-hmm. and it's working perfectly well. Um, and yeah, cause two revolvers is usually pretty good. It's usually we'll get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's 10 horsepower, right? Like yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty solid amount of butch against the edge of the turntable to make it spin. Um, but they yeah. were running into some problems and um, and so the same turntable is uh, next week. They're teching it in their shop, and we've got four revolvers stuffed around it coming out of a single stagehand. It's going to be excellent. And that's a big 10-horse stagehand we're using with that? It is ten a 10-horse horse stagehand, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And for those of you playing along at home, 10-horsepower does not equal four or five-horsepower machines. Um <laughs> But um, but those drives can run under, uh, is it a heavy duty, right, or light duty? Yeah. Light I can't duty, remember I which, which way. I always get it backwards. Um, but in one of the ways, you can, you can add 50% more to the output. Um, yeah. And so, you just have to use it a lot less. You have to use it a lot less. Right. And fortunately, in the you know, theatrical setting, the that use tends case to work is, out for us. Yeah, yeah. It's usually pretty short. Um, yeah. Plus the amount of horsepowers we're actually drawing off of a revolver, usually somewhat short of the actual five horse. Right. It's like, yeah, it's like three ish horse, three and a half ish horse before we start losing friction, right. On the wheel. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, some back of the napkin math, we all kind of, we're like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And um, it'll be great. Tim's going to find out for sure next week. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck, buddy. (laughs) Uh, New phone. Who this? Um, (laughs) The yeah. So, so I think that's going to be, but I mean, I think that's kind of cool. It's the first time that we've done more than two revolvers off of a single stage hand. So I think that's, you know, pretty awesome. Made a little overload protection box, right? We modified that, stagehand to accept the that signal right because on the new stagehand card we now have a specific fault code for external fault which was specifically for multiple motors (laughs) and overload contactors right and so now we're using it in a slightly different way but it's awesome um i mean the same the same reason but uh yeah yeah, with a turntable for the first time yeah exactly four of them for the first time shit yeah um yeah i mean we did four revolvers off of a much larger drive before with all of that built in but it wasn't spike mark controlled it wasn't a stagehand right and that was a 25 horse drive wasn't it too i think it was a 20 20 yeah yeah i think it was a 20 
And it was, you know, just in a NEMA box and just said forward, reverse, and stop, right? And speed. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, deck chief ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A really big deck chief. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of. Some would say robust. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Deck steward, if you will. <laughs> deck steward, nice. Yeah, and then I have been noticing as I have been looking at the calendar that it's it's getting dangerously close to Christmas carol season. Oh yes, that's any yeah. time now, right? It's any time now. <laughs> 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 I think I I looked I did a quick look back at the calendar from last year this time, you know, like right around, you know, starting I guess like mid-October mm-hmm. to the end of November. And between those mm-hmm. two um between those, like it was like six weeks, Rada and I were out on the road somewhere for some uh-huh. Christmas carol. Well, Rada was gone for basically all of that time. Uh-huh. Um, and I was in like three, I think I went to three places in Christmas carols last year. It was yeah, that's busy, it was bonkers. Um, so and that you was know, last year when it wasn't even wasn't even fully open. I, I feel like this year seems like it's going to be even bigger. So that's... Yes. That's nuts. Yeah, it's going to be a little crazy. So, Harry, I uh, hope your bag's ready. <clears throat> <laughs> Send me somewhere warm. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, I think, I guess, you know, all joking aside here, if you, you know, just to, if you guys are doing Christmas carols and you've had some problems and you want some help, now would be a great time to reach out. We'd love to talk now. <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> We'd love to talk in a couple of weeks too, but it may not be possible. But along those same lines, we're also getting somebody's Christmas stuff back at the moment, right? To do a little uh, chop work on. Yeah, yeah. Networks is shipping back uh, a couple of their rigs for Elf. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we did some work to them in i don't know four years ago um i vaguely remember designing some pulleys years back yeah yeah i mean there's there's a base camp post that you put up about it so you definitely <laughs> did it <laughs> and the most impressive thing too is this is everybody's favorite machine this is the curtain call oh my god it is my favorite machine let's do it and we're gonna have four of them in the shop wow I think mm-hmm. that's most of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's at least, it's at least half. half of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're going to get that stuff back in the in the shop. They've had it. You know, they've Networks has had it in storage since like uh, since 2019, right? Since mm-hmm. they since mm-hmm. they put elves. They since they put the elves back in storage after the Christmas season. Um, the elf was on a shelf. Yeah, I guess I don't. That's terrible. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Mike. The, um, and so they're going to, um, so they're pulling that gear out and, you know, and they've got some new crews. And so we're going to get the gear in the shop, check it out, make sure everything's functioning. And then their, um, their automation folks and carpenter are coming out for some training and, um, you know, setting the gear up and making it move in the shop, which is pretty great. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's a, it's awesome to see that that's happening before it's broken. <laughs> right. <laughs> a plus for getting ahead of it. Yeah, exactly. Cause I, 
Yeah, I think it was in 2017 that we sent Rada to like, I don't, I mean, everywhere. He went. He, he was on tour. He was, yeah. I mean, he went from like one place. I, he was heading to the, yeah, he went to like Idaho or some shit like that. And, <laughs> or somewhere and then like went somewhere else in the Midwest and then got on a plane and met the other tour somewhere <laughs> on the East Coast. And then was driving to the airport when they called and were like, so do you think you could go back and meet these guys? There's some <laughs> other problem. And, you know, I mean, it was just like, it was, it was a bonkers moment. And, um, you know, so I'm glad, I'm super glad to see that we're hopefully going to be able to help, help them feel comfortable and confident in using the gear and that we can all feel good that the, that the, gear still it all works yeah. yeah that it's still functioning right that it's still all in in work and order um so yeah Whew. awesome <laughs> <laughs> but christian i think you're up next man with some exciting news right yes after the i don't know two years of working on it the pendants the new pendants that are machined out of aluminum and fancy i don't even know what the coating is anymore because it whatever but they are finally shipping they physically left the building today oh that's awesome the, the first batch of them too are four or five people who have bought them they are they're done that's sweet. cool they're and it's got some hot. yeah the, the, yeah. the case is super fucking cool looking and yeah it uh, starts as a big old block of aluminum that uh we get rid of like something like 90 percent of the aluminum and ends as a felt control interface yeah with our <laughs> with a fancy uh fancy uh aluminum face plate that's powder coated and it's not screen printing it's like but screen printed with yeah. our logo and everything and uh, powder coated aluminum i didn't even know that was a thing that we did well, maybe that's not what it is then. I haven't been paying attention. To that, uh, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> it's our normal. It's it like, looks great. It's normal. It, no, I think it is powder coat. Right? Yeah, it's still from Protocase. Yep. Yeah, it's like the same thing as the Consolat. It checks out. Yes, I believe you're right. And they're growing out on their own dedicated. Oh yeah, and even the cases. even the packaging for this is new and improved. It's I don't know. Have you seen it? Well, I guess if you probably saw it on Instagram, the. It they all come in that orange case now with the all the cables you need are on the bottom layer and then the pendant on top with its little adapter box and a little keyboard and great out of the box experience. It is. Someone do an unpacking video. It's cable. <laughs> you got we got this is the super fancy cable, right? Yes, this the is the super fancy cable. cable. Single cable. Ah oh yeah. my gosh. So awesome. So <laughs> so you still need an accessory output from a base or a hub. And you still need a network cable, but then we have this fancy little box that you can tuck away by the side of your rack, and then a single cable out to the pendant. Yeah, and awesome. It's a XLR XLR style one, so it's not obnoxiously large or obnoxiously not bendable, and <laughs> it's nice. No more looming. No more I guess, to, to Ethernet yeah. in the weird diameters, and yeah, that was no fun. I don't know. Better. I don't know, Harry. I mean, I think we might just do it just for fun. 
you and me next time at the shop. We'll just it's loom a great some up. bonding experience. Yeah, <laughs> if you you really know a person by the end of looming three hundred feet of Ethernet and accessory cable, Gareth and I got to be a lot closer on a jump in a theater in California that way. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, but then that also eliminates you needing to make these weird, Mike, I'm talking about you, these weird hybrid cables that have like two ends coming out of either end instead of, uh, I think you use you, signal cable or something. What are you talking I don't know. about? What do you mean weird cables? It, it's a weird I don't, cable. I don't know if I like that tone. still kicking around in <laughs> the shop natural. somewhere. <laughs> I don't like it. It threatens me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, all of that is done. Now it's a single cable, single custom cable we got made. I think fresh from Italy. That's awesome. Totally great. Yeah, and the other thing too is we we did a production run, so we even have some in stock. So if you called up Pete today, you could get one tomorrow. Whoa. In the mail. In the mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we could overnight if you really wanted. If it. you really wanted it tomorrow, yeah. you could. You could. But we have them in stock. Is the it's more the point to that, and it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty dope to have things on the shelf, ready to go. And Super for cool. this to finally be done, because one of the big things we had been waiting for, too, was the microprocessor, the Raspberry Pi, which runs the pendant, was they're very, 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 very difficult to come by at the moment. Right, like a lot of the stocking challenge was less about the changes to the case at all, and just you couldn't it get was, Raspberry Pis. That, that was it, yeah. Bobby, I don't know how, but... Bobby managed to find 10 of them, so we were able to make our uh, our production run. He knows a guy. Uh, yeah, they were like these weird, they're not weird, but they were like these kits or something, and I don't think they were from the U.S. They were from like the U.K. or something. And they were, He got the can of kits, right? Wasn't uh, that it? Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. With the box and the stuff, and it yeah. was like flashed with the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now they're done. Now they work. Now you can buy one. Buy one. <laughs> you can get it real quick. That's awesome. Buy two or three. Yeah. But uh, other than uh, finally shipping pendants, the other cool thing, Harry, that you did earlier this month was uh, you took a trip down to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were we were having a little lull in production, and so uh, there was a group of us, four of us from here that shop here in Rhode Island, and uh, Tim out from our L.A. shop all went to CM Hoist Mechanic School down in uh, Lidditz, Pennsylvania, uh, the entertainment capital capital of Amish country. Uh, <laughs> it was it was awesome. Um, yeah, we had we had learned a lot. Uh, Brian Leister's uh, guy who runs the class teaches a really good class. Super super like easy to to dig into and like very in depth. But also he brings like a bunch decades of experience of you know, working and troubleshooting on the hoist before he started to work for CM training people on them. So that was, that was pretty great perspective. Um, and yeah, as we're doing gearing up for more hoist work, you know, we've got all the rental ones. We're doing the chain, the four post lift with, um, you know, other weird custom applications kind of flitting about the edges. Like I think, I think it's great for more people on our, on our team to kind of be really familiar with the inner workings of these machines and you know what is likely to go bad and how to fix them when that happens because they're not bulletproof right and as they're as we're working on them know what to look for to like that's wrong we yeah should fix that or, yeah i mean, really like the, yeah. he had like this idiom of like the troubleshooting stages of like okay if it's this if it's a slow 
repetitive sound it might be from here if it's a medium recurring sound here <laughs> and if it's a high speed sound here and you're like oh yeah that totally makes sense yeah like go through the gearing stages as it cr mm. crosses through mm -hmm. the hoist and you're like oh, that totally makes uh, that makes a ton of sense and for me i mean doing a lot of machine design it's like great to kind of know what i what we can and can't do with the hoist um and like be aware of the, like the perimeters like frequently like the load chain you know how you know when we're running it over pulleys what are the things we want to be looking out for in case of wear or you know anyways all good stuff um and just like deepening our bench of you know people who can do the service and repairs and and now we're doing you know we've got recently got this inquiry to do some inspect some like service and inspections on our smart chain hoist so mm -hmm. we're totally Totally ready to do that, and we got plenty of people who okay. enable. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, and I guess as a little side tangent, we, we took an extra day to learn how to regear our half ton heists for half the speed and twice the capacity to do to make them smart chain hoists for one ton. We still oh, got a little bit of work cool. on the development side, but I think it's uh, we're, we'll nearly have that ability to regear our hoist out of rentals, so that could be really useful. Yeah, that'll that could be really awesome yeah stoked we're Being just able to have the versatility do you want it to go really really fast or do you want it to be able to uh lift more yeah yeah we've had quite a few like rental inquiries that were like ah if, if only they were just one ton so, you know, mm. we're very near making that happen that's cool dangerously close besides us learning stuff we're also teaching stuff oh, mike yeah. you finally you finally got a couple couple people to take you up on your offer for uh, doing training <laughs> a couple right yeah it's finally and it's all happening at the same time <laughs> yeah you have a busy next week yeah yeah i'm gonna be in chicago at the beginning of the week doing some doing some two days of training uh with some with uh with some folks out there and then i'm going to california to do two more days of training uh with some other folks at the end of the next week so nice. it's a busy it's a busy time and, um, and then, uh, you know, I mean, I think, you know, it's, although, although next week is busy for training, you know, there are other, there mm -hmm. are other times still available. So, you know, you, if you want some training, give a shout. We're, we're here to, we'd love to make it happen. We can come to you for, you know, a full automation class. But then also you're starting something new, right? Yeah. So we're going to try and get some, um, we're working on some like, just a spike mark training that we could either do, you know, live in person or we could set up a remote class. Um, you know, because, well, if we're just talking about, if we're just looking at spike mark, um, mm -hmm. you know, we can do, we can do the bulk of that pretty successfully without, you know, without being, without being in the same place. Um, so hopefully, you know, we got that going for yeah. us too. So if you are looking for some, you know, some, um, some help or some want, you know, want some training on, on using spike mark and some, you know, advanced, advanced features and learning how to do things a little bit quicker or, or more efficiently, let us know. Mm -hmm. We can set up a time and we can, uh, we can make it happen. Yeah. That's super awesome too. Cause and you can do it from anywhere now. Yes. Much lower barrier to entry. Yeah. Yeah. No travel whatsoever. Yeah. So that's exciting. And I think like kind of tied into the training, we had this project that Nicole and I have been working on since like, I don't know, it feels like forever ago. <laughs> um, and, um, and it was redoing our 
Creative Connors intro video that I think the last right. one, last time it was done was 10 years ago. <laughs> it's a little outdated it's now. A little outdated. I don't think we sell any of the gear that is in that in the, that video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so we uh so Nicole and I Nicole and I worked worked on we busted out a script in yep. like I don't know June maybe the beginning of July and then we did over I don't know two or three days we shot we shot a bunch of video um it towards the end of July and then um mm-hmm. and then I started editing it right away and then mm-hmm. I got totally sidetracked by all sorts of other things uh-huh. um and um and finally <laughs> finally finished editing the video um just uh i don't know like yesterday or the day before and yeah, um and it looks great and we'll be up hopefully it'll be up no thanks i appreciate it um hopefully we'll, it'll it should be up and live by the time this thing is live so um it was a double big push. dose of content tomorrow that's exciting yeah or i guess today for you people listening yeah. but, <laughs> or i guess in the past if you're yeah. listening yeah, there time. was some content yeah there was yeah yeah it was a it was a it was a doozy to get there but <clears throat> but i got it there and and my computer only my computer only shit the bed like three times in the whole editing process which is pretty awesome oh that's great yeah it's it rounds down to zero. Yeah, it rounds down to zero. <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't lose anything. So, you know, well, that's the important thing. Yeah. 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 Every time, every time it, every time it crashed on me, I was at least able to open a recovery file and not, and only have lost, you know, like whatever, you know, one minute's worth of effort. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. It's a great video. You guys did a good job. Yeah, thank you. And it'll be great to have an updated one with uh, all of our new stuff. Right. Because we have we did a lot of new stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's good. You know, all at least the current equipment until we get new ones. Well, you know. <laughs> We've done some interesting things in the intervening decade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably the most exciting thing, though, here on this list, Mike, is yeah. uh, is you, f- you finally did it. Oh, my God. You finally, that's right. you finally got the camera. I finally bought the camera. That's right. So I now I'm now the proud owner of a of a Fuji X-T4. And I got the I think I was talking about it the last time I got the mm-hmm. 18 to 300 Tamron lens. That's a crazy amount of zoom. It is crazy town. It's really, really fucking heavy. Um, <laughs> at least it's it's heavier than I had anticipated right like i had imagined Uh um right you know i thought it was gonna i don't know i thought it was gonna be like you know an inexpensive feeling kit lens Mm. you know Mm -hmm. um and it's it's not but that's not the case no that's awesome that's good that's good (laughs) no yeah it's kind of bonkers it's um is crazy and to have all of that sitting just in you know on the camera and not all the time yeah Yeah, is like is wacky um yeah to be able to go from something super wide like 18 all the way to you know super zoomed in at 300 that's that's crazy it is bonkers yeah it's you know you give up a little bit it's a little slow right it's like it's fastest Mm -hmm. is like a 3.5 and then fully zoomed it's like all the way out of 300 it's like 
a 6.3. Okay. Um, and so, you know, it's not right. It's not a 1.4. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> that would be crazy heavy though. I, I would yeah. have to imagine. I mean, I think it would take like <laughs> its own cart, you know? Yeah. Like, um, but I messed around with it. I think like the first day that I had it, Mm-hmm. that I actually got it and had it and had it opened and had, you know, charged it was a full moon. And I took some, oh. I took some pictures of the full moon just like here in mm-hmm. New York and mm-hmm. it was fucking bonkers. <laughs> I had never, I have yet, I had yet to be successful at taking a photo of a full moon, you know, in like, oh, uh-huh. like correct, you know, with like correctly exposed and all the things. And it was just yeah, like, yeah. It was cool. It's really cool. Yeah, and I bet too with the uh, with the three hundred, you were able to get get some good detail too, like madness. not just a little speck in the sky. Yeah, yeah, like total madness. Um, yeah. So anyway, so I have a now I have a toy. I have a new toy, <laughs> and um, I'm looking forward to you know, I'm looking forward to finding a, a couple opportunities to go and like walk around the city and take some pictures and you know see what I can see. Yeah, yeah. That'll be great. And the uh, camera, it's the Fuji X-T4. Yes. And you had the X-T30 previous, right? Uh-huh. And so is this one a big improvement over that? Holy cow. Feel? Yes. It's the same <laughs> It's the same sensor, but a totally mm-hmm. different processor. And like mm-hmm. um, the X-T4 has got some wild um, image stabilization built in. Oh, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's it's crazy. I can't quite get like a quarter of a second held still enough, but just below, okay. you know, just short of that, mm-hmm. I can hold it still enough to take a fucking picture, which is just like, that's awesome. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's all, I mean, there's, you know, there's like so many dials, everything's on top. Mm. And then, you know, it's, um, so it's, it's very cool. Nice. I feel like I've completed my Fuji my Fuji camera journey now because my first Fuji camera was a gift and it was like the entry level mirrorless, you know, Fuji. Oh, I don't okay. remember which one it is, but it was I don't know, it's like 9 years old now. Mm-hmm. And um and that was really cool. And then the XT30 that I started, then I got the XC30, and that was mm-hmm. super cool. And that was like a big, you know, a big jump and a right. big change. And now the XT4 is like, I don't know, like, I feel like this is the camera that is going to be mine for, you know, 20 years, right? Until I break the, so until I actually uh. <laughs> physically break it or the electronics yeah. die. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's cool. That's awesome. That's everything. We uh, we made it through our entire list today, guys. That's impressive. Holy shit. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks for listening, uh, and we will catch you next time. Bye. See you.